it's friday it's 12 o'clock we're back once again with another episode of that vhs podcast and i have the queen of customer experience herself miss rebecca brown in the house hi <laughs> thanks for having me nick now my pleasure my pleasure oh we've got uh hedges just joined the room we've got our first of our of our customers up <laughs> and then sultan as well how are you doing hi don't nice forget, to see you guys don't forget if you've got any questions uh pop them down in the comments um if you've got any questions from <laughs> experience uh pop pop them down in the questions and i'm sure uh, rebecca can can answer those um so we'll get hey hi graham hi simon how you doing guys <laughs> i love simon's comment <laughs> forget about work it's friday <laughs> yeah yeah why not it's friday it's friday screw work friday <laughs> Um, okay, so we'll we'll uh, we'll dive right in. So, for for people that don't um, don't know you, how did you how did you first kind of discover um, LinkedIn, and how did you kind of get started on the on the platform? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the crazy thing when I actually look back at my first ever post is I've probably been on LinkedIn for about twelve years and done nothing with it whatsoever. Um, I always saw it as that kind of platform that you had to have a profile on so that if recruiters needed to find you, they'd find you. And I suppose yep. in my mind that was enough. I'd sit there with my profile, and these magical recruiters would be wowed by my silence. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get in touch. Um, and uh, it was only in March last year when lockdown happened that actually Dan, my partner, got really active on LinkedIn and sort of said to me, I think I think I need to get active on LinkedIn. It seems like it's it's kind of the way forward. And I was a bit unconvinced. I was like, OK, sure, you, you can get active. That's fine. I'm not really going to be I'm not bothered. Um, and then he, he had um, a couple of videos that went went like sort of wildfire and people started chatting to him. And I I just thought, oh, actually, this looks like fun. <laughs> So I got involved then and it's it's really only been since March. Um, I chatted to the, the lovely Leah Turner. She gave me some fantastic tips um, and I just embraced LinkedIn from there on in. And, you know, it's kind of gone from there. And the rest, yeah, the, the rest is history. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so with your um, with your content, I mean, do you do, I, I know you do um, a, a fair bit of video content, but do you kind of, do you tend to kind of plan your, your content out and do you, do you kind of spend an awful lot of time on it how, how does it kind of work with your content the content side yeah of stuff? so I, I wouldn't say I plan it um I'm actually a really impatient LinkedIner if I get an idea I want to go with it right there and then and actually the biggest challenge I have is if I have a post that I think is a really great idea is holding it back until a time that's a good time to post um often yep. I'll have the idea at sort of like 11 o'clock at night and I'm like oh I wish I could just post it right now but I know that most of my connections are asleep at that point so there's not much yep. point um so I don't plan really far in advance but I probably do spend a, a chunk of time on my content because I do want it to add value and be useful to people so I do think about how best to phrase things to make sure that hopefully most of my posts people can take something away from yeah yeah so uh, I, I often find the the best kind of uh, posts are the, are the more kind of zen ones that you just like it's spur of the moment and, and just off the cuff and you just you just yeah. post it and the stuff that you really overthink you're like oh yeah I'm gonna tweak the copy here and I'm gonna this is really gonna be <laughs> this subset here and you, and you do it and it's like it just flops yeah silence <laughs> Yeah, I find I find that definitely. I think you know the the personal stuff just goes like wildfire, doesn't it? And then you 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 spend time on a business post that you think this is going to be so useful to so many business people out there, and it, it is harder with business posts. But 
yeah. I think I still it's still worth it. I still think you know put those posts out because it doesn't it doesn't have to hit lots and lots of people to have a meaningful connection with one person. No. You know that's no. all you really need is to have have one person see it who thinks actually that that works for me. So that's that's um I was. Uh, speaking about that with uh, um, James Clutterbuck earlier on uh, on Clubhouse, um, which I am completely full of. <laughs> I, I, I have a complete Clubhouse addiction. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I need intervention. Um, Are we going to uh, lose uh, you from LinkedIn? Are you going to just become a Clubhouse guy? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah. <laughs> No, no. LinkedIn is my is my first home. I love I love LinkedIn, and I, I love my my tribe on uh, on LinkedIn. So I will never I will never leave you guys. I promise. Good, I promise, good. I Glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, um, the point I was trying to make is that that it's um, it is a traditional. Um, I hate to use the word sales funnel, but that the more emotive personal stuff gives you more reach, but they get your people into your funnel, and then you can be more targeted with those kind of businessy posts when you need to. It's a it's, it's a sausage machine. Sausage meat goes in the top end. Sausages come out the other end. <laughs> I like that. I think that's definitely true. Definitely, and I also think that for most people, that there are still the odd the odd few who come up and and really do sort of almost take offense to the personal stuff um yeah. but I think for most people it helps them to know what they're buying into to to know a bit about you a bit about how how you founded your company a bit of the kind of the whys and wherefores so yeah. you know I, I don't think anything is wasted on LinkedIn um it, it's all no. it's all part of the big picture isn't it it's all it's all good stuff yeah I mean it's, it's yeah it's like the the post that I put up yesterday which was uh I I still uh, my finger was kind of hovering over the post button when I did it and but but I feel <laughs> I feel amazing now that I've done that because it's uh it's yeah it, not only is it kind of cathartic but it it there's a book called um uh, person of influence by Daniel Priestley and he says in it that whether you realize or not you're standing on a, a mountain of value and if you can kind of step back from that all the points that you've been through in your life have got you to the point you are now um and only you can do what you do as well as you do it because you are unique because of the things that you've been through so yeah I like now, that. That I that. now that i've posted that it's like yeah yeah i feel, uh, I feel great that's, and that's brilliant and i think i just think that the the community of people on linkedin is so massively supportive that I don't even know why I, I I'm the same I still get that nervousness just before I hit post and I never know why because as soon as I do it the response that you get people are so kind and so supportive and yeah, yeah occasionally you get someone popping up to just say something really unhelpful but it's so so few and far between compared to how much support you get that I think it's actually the safest possible place and like you say it's cathartic it, it makes you feel almost instantly better just to share it so yeah yeah so it's my analogy is it's a bit like um stage diving and most of the social media platforms everyone moves out the way but on linkedin everyone goes yeah and they catch you and you ride oh. you ride the, the way oh, i love <laughs> it <laughs> i literally love that that makes me feel all, all warm and fuzzy <laughs> it's um yeah it's and, that, and that's why i love the platform that it's uh it's because you're on a platform that is um comprised of business owners people with growth mindsets they are it, it's not a toxic platform and by by and large and it's a very supportive community and, and that's why i love living on the platform it's just it's a beautiful place to, to hang out it's it's lovely and why we wait is you completely the clubhouse <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah i i no, i won't i won't i just uh, i've secretly this ear is actually tuned into clubhouse right now. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> you know what if it, if it was true i would be so impressed at your multitasking <laughs> I, I, i've been walking around indoors with my, my airpods in and my wife's like can you take those bloody things out of your ears now uh, <laughs> i feel i feel for her i really do <laughs> it's it, it's dangerous um uh, yeah, kind of going back to, to what we were saying about content. Um, I mean, um, do you kind of have like a um, an overarching kind of content strategy? Do you think, or or do you just kind of how does it work? Yeah, I think I have a loose strategy. I guess is probably the best way to describe it. I know the values that I that that sort of matter to me. I know why I founded my business and I know what I stand for. So I try to make sure that my content represents those values. And because I have a really clear vision of what those values are, it, it helps me to kind of create content on the dry days if I think, okay, which of the values haven't I kind of talked about recently? What haven't I represented most recently? Um, yeah. And so I tend to kind of do a bit of a mix of, of the sort of anti-bullying stuff, the let's be kind stuff. And and that's pretty much my whole strategy is just be consistent with my values. And, and you know, occasionally you'll get a random one about how annoying it is that I can't peel the film lid off of some dinner. Um, but <laughs> mostly that'll be on some kind of theme. <laughs> Uh, that one really resonated with me because I'm like, I hate those freaking things. You, they never peel off properly. What, what, what is it with those I know. things? Just, I, like, know. I can't, I can't even. It makes me so mad. <laughs> really poorly designed. Um, I did have got... one from Aldi the other day though that came right off, and I didn't get a video because I was not expecting it. So I was just like, oh, this is going to be awful. And it just came off. And I was like, what? It's actually working. Like. <laughs> uh okay if, if anyone's got any uh questions don't forget to please pop them down in the comments let's get the let's get the comment section flowing you can talk amongst yourself this is a this is a safe space to hang out and just have fun and relax We're friendly. yeah it's cool <laughs> it's cool um i mean how um we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the the elephant in the room which is uh is is covid at the moment how do you think that's affected the kind of landscape of um companies and how they kind of interact at the moment and, and and their sort of lack of digital marketing efforts how is how has it affected you guys so for us it's been easy as pie because actually where we're still a really young company we haven't really had to find a non-covid strategy for getting out there and marketing it's pretty much just been we started we won a really big client so we went quite quiet with trying to find new work and then halfway through working with that client, COVID. So everything we've always done to, to try and increase the size of our business has pretty much been online. I think for bigger companies, there has been a bit of a struggle to suddenly change the way that they work, the way they market, the way they look after their customers. Um, and I guess the biggest thing is that the, for, certainly from my kind of my insight so far it seems to be that the smaller companies have adapted far far better and far far more quickly um, and that some of the bigger companies are actually still pretty much trying to do things the way they always have and just kind of using COVID as an excuse for why that's impacting people um, but yeah I think it's it's you know it's a tough time and the people who acknowledge that really really quickly and who thought it's going to be tough for everybody let's try and adapt to that and change how we work those are the people who are doing the best at the moment as far as I can see Yep, the old uh, the the old pivot. 
Yeah, and I hate that word, but I did find yeah. a coping strategy very early on. Every time people said it, I, I initially I'd sort of go, oh, pivot, you know, it made me cringe. Um, but now I just, every time I hear it, I think of that episode of Friends with Ross and the sofa and it just makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Friends, yeah, we're, we're of the age where we can uh, we can reference that. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope, I hope everyone will always be of the age where they can reference it. I can't imagine there being a generation that doesn't get Friends, so. Well, it's, it's, it's our generation cheers isn't it like I used to watch cheers and I'd be like oh this is kind of kind of fun but but then yeah friends friends is our cheers I, I wonder what's going to sort of um supplant it in a, in a few yes. years yeah. yeah we'll see <laughs> and whether or not we'll enjoy it or we'll just be too old to get the jokes <laughs> <laughs> um why don't you think um it, it still still baffles me that people still don't understand like I, I've got a uh, my kind of um strategy for LinkedIn is the what I call the three C's so it's content conversation and conversion um why don't you think people still don't understand the need for kind of controlling the content they put out on LinkedIn and using it as a as a sales tool do you think I think probably the the biggest thing is that you don't know what you don't know until you find out you didn't know it and for years I was completely oblivious to LinkedIn it just wasn't part of my life so I would sign on so briefly that I didn't see how other people were using it to their advantage the people in my network were all estate agents so I would pretty much log on see someone say something fairly dull about estate agency and just think nah, there's not there's nothing here for me um, and it was only when Dan discovered it and spent more time on it that actually I started to see just how insightful people were being, the, the different and most creative ways that they could use their content. And that flipped the switch for me. So I think the first thing is ignorance. Ignorance is bliss. But then I think the yeah. second thing is it's it's actually really easy to look at someone doing something really well and think, wow, that's that's fantastic. It works for them. It's really difficult to figure out how that translates back to you. And the biggest yeah. mistake I made initially was thinking, wow, look at it working for Dan. How can I be Dan? And so the first few posts I did to try and get engagement, because that was kind of what I was trying to achieve, I basically tried to copy what worked for him and watched it flop because it wasn't me it wasn't authentic and you know people don't really care that much about me doing the same things that Dan does because they just don't so yeah I think it it's difficult to to even understand why you should do it and then once you even understand why figuring out how that applies to you is not an easy thing it's uh yes it's, it's a it's a deeply philosophical I always go back to um it, it's know thyself basically uh, mm -hmm. when you understand who you are the core of who you are your content I, I kind of explain it like um it's almost like kind of chapters in a book so when you understand the fundamental core of who you are the content you produce is kind of like chapters in a book from that yeah um, um and it's, it's it's and some people don't know who they are and and if you don't know who you are it's very difficult to to put content out that reflects the authentic version of of you um but I've found and I don't know if this is the same for you that I've almost found that by putting content out every day it's almost like it well it is a digital form of journaling so you're kind of discovering who you are through your content and it feeds back into it if that makes sense yeah I was literally just gonna say I don't think I knew who I was at the beginning I think I was still very confused I thought I had to be this corporate robot who talked solely about business um, and it was really difficult for me to break away from that and to, to feel comfortable discussing the more personal aspects but the more I've done it 
the more I have found myself. And, you know, I've actually found, you know, as you were saying, that that catharsis is so powerful. Talking about some of the bullying that I experienced when I was much younger that I haven't, I just haven't spoken about since then, you know, it's helping me work through some of that stuff. So I think there's definitely a lot to be said for just embracing LinkedIn as, as your own kind of public forum to get stuff off your chest and see what happens, really. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah just uh, i suppose it's like a uh, surfing i guess um uh, claire's got i have a question did you get any grief from knob jockeys rb for your lovely mama pick the other day if so do you want me to remove them from the earth <laughs> i love you claire. Oh, i love i love you claire um oh man i love you uh yeah do you know what i was so i i really i can't even find my words i i really toyed with not putting that picture up because I was just so acutely aware that it would piss the this isn't Facebook crew off um, and that there would be a lot of people who would either come down the lines of this is just not professional enough for LinkedIn or they'd come down the lines of, oh, it's disgusting. It should be done in private, blah, blah, blah. So I was really prepared for it and I actually decided to post it and I was ready for the trolls and for all those hideous things to be said. And the second comment I got from someone was, um, it's a lovely picture, but it doesn't belong on LinkedIn. Um, and that, you know, it was perfectly polite. It wasn't aggressive. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't really offensive. And I just responded to say, you are absolutely entitled to your opinion, um, but it's the weekend, so maybe take a break. Um, and yeah. that was kind of what I said. And then everyone in my beautiful network jumped onto the same comment, bless him, and just tore him to shreds and I felt really <laughs> bad for him because actually he wasn't being particularly offensive um, yeah, yeah. and lo and behold he deleted his comment and I didn't get any other negative comments everyone else was incredibly polite so I don't know whether they just saw saw the wrath that was inflicted upon this poor individual um but he he deleted me and everyone else who commented so we don't he doesn't need to see my my non-Facebook posts anymore so yeah it, yeah. it was fine Yes, uh, you're always going to uh, occasionally get them, but but I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing them as as a few and far between uh, now, which is good. I think yeah. I think people are finally starting to understand that LinkedIn is a social media <laughs> platform, and you need to be social on it. The clue's kind of in the name. But. <laughs> I think there will always be some people who just can't get it. I, I remember I did a post probably about three months ago, that basically gave examples of what things would look like in real life versus what they look like on LinkedIn. Um, and I sort of said, you know, it, the, the really pushy sales DMs, it's like someone coming up and flashing you the inside of their jacket and trying to sell you a watch. It's just completely <laughs> unwanted and very forceful. Um, the sexual DMs, it's like someone coming and whispering in your ear, would you like to go and find a, find a room, you know, completely inappropriate. And then, you know, the the posts about, you know, this is what I did at the weekend. I went for a walk with my kids. It's like going to a networking meeting and being like, hi, how are you? What did you do at the weekend? Oh, hang on a minute. That's actually perfectly acceptable. (laughs) And there were still people on that post who commented to say it doesn't have a place on a professional platform. And I was like, how, how can you still have that opinion when I've given you such clear examples of the fact that that's what networking is? But yeah, yeah. I need to just calm down. (laughs) <laughs> yep. and they and they never going to get it no matter how many times you like you beat never. them over the head they're just yeah, yeah. <laughs> some people just they just want to talk about statistics that's all they want to talk about so um uh and never feel obliged to say me because uh, it just makes me cringe but who are some of your favorite um content creators on the on the platform on linkedin 
I do I do love your videos but um I won't say you because I don't want to make you cringe or disappear off the clubhouse but um I you know I absolutely love Claire Parsons she is one of my favorite all-time people not just content creator but her content is awesome too um especially the videos that she's just started doing they are full of value and it's always nice to see them um you know, I, I really I, I love Leah's stuff you know I've learned a lot from Leah um so I'll yeah. always keep an eye out for her um but I don't I, I guess having favorites is just not really a thing because I love the variety I like having lots of different people yeah. and lots of different sort of takes on things so I guess just yeah I don't really have an answer that's really boring isn't it Jenna's put put leading question Nick Raven maybe maybe it was a leading question (laughs) I love love you Jenna don't don't feel sad (laughs) Claire's Claire's put yay yay yeah yeah Claire Claire has my back so yeah she's my bad (laughs) she is she is the gif the absolute gif queen Uh, and and you're I I am anyone anyone that uses the sheer volume of Arnie gifs that you use Claire is you just you're cool in my book completely cool I didn't even know what a gift was until I met Claire. So yeah, she, she changed my life. I think she invented the gift. I think I think that's what it is. I think we can credit her for that. That's fine. No, no one will challenge us. Um, what do you love most about about the platform about LinkedIn? I think the support that you get. Like you said, it's people. People get it. I've got great friends in real life, and I love them to pieces. But they they don't have their own business. They don't know the struggles. Um, And even the people who don't have their own business on LinkedIn, they show up because they care enough about business and they care enough about kind of growing their own personal, their their personal development. So I think it's just such a supportive place that people just really get the struggles. And I love that. It's like coming home. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something, uh, something kind of nurturing and, and safe and warm and fuzzy about it that that, that I like. Yeah, well, so. if, you, if you're stuck, people help. And I just think that's so nice. Like, you know, I'm, I am yet to have someone say to me, yeah, sure, I'll help you, but you've got to pay me. And it's like, yeah. well, obviously, I will pay you if you're, you know, if I'm asking you to do your job and to do it for yeah. me, I will pay you. But I am yet to find someone who isn't happy to just give a little bit of ad hoc advice to help out a friend who's struggling. And that's, you know, that's a really nice scenario. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the sheer volume of stuff that I've learned about business um, mm. in, in the space of a year on this platform has been worth tens of thousands of pounds to me. It, yeah. and people just like, you know, um, they're just, they're giving it away for, for free. It's, it's a fantastic learning resource if you kind of keep your eyes and ears open to the, the kind of content that you want to see. Yeah, um, absolutely. This is a, oh, I always find this a difficult question, but um, because I think because we're bombarded so much with social media content, it's very hard. I find it very hard to remember specific pieces of content, but do you have any that kind of stick in your mind as, as ones that you've seen that, that have kind of stuck around for a while and, and, and you still remember? Mm. yeah you're right that is tough that is really tough um so I feel the same I think I get bombarded as well and so I love things but they don't necessarily always last for a really really long time I think there was one that really um stayed with me and I still occasionally think about and that was um a it was like a design challenge design off between um Stephen Luckett and Dave Officer and they just like they just like compiled all these images and like competed against each other to see who could who could create the best the best thing and it was just such entertaining watching so um that really stayed with me um I think that's a really 
it was a really creative way to showcase their skills and to, to market their talents. So yeah, that was probably probably the the one that that trumps the others for now. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that one as well. That was uh, that was really good. We we need to see more of those um kind of like rap battles, but with with graphic yeah. design. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I mean, I get they probably got a few clients off the back of it, so they've had to focus on that for a bit. But... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> weekly i think guys that would be nice <laughs> yeah yeah um what what one piece of advice would you give to anyone kind of starting out on the platform and starting to create content do you think i think be a sponge i think just soak up what everyone's doing you know and and see what works for you there you know don't don't do what i did and try and be someone else because that won't work but if you can see how other people are using it and it helps inspire you there's nothing wrong with a bit of inspiration i you know i feel very firmly that there's no such thing as original content anymore so don't feel like you're ripping someone off just because their post made you think about something in a different way um credit them of course if you're effectively just copying what they've said but you know yeah. i think it's just yeah soak it up spend a bit of time watching and just see how you can make it work for yourself yeah yeah you're right absorb absorb and uh, and learn from other people's content but ultimately you can learn as, as much as you want from other people's content but you'll need to at some point cross that threshold of of uh of putting the kind of content out that that is about you um, and that, yeah that's a, a different the discovery block. journey <laughs> yeah. <laughs> self-discovery right here we go i'm gonna I'm gonna switch over camera angles there we go and, uh, <laughs> i'm um, gonna shuffle around in my seat um and we're gonna go to the quick fire mookers round so strap yourself in i still need a little sting and, and, and a bit of music to go in here so, and some flashing effects so i still need to do that so okay here we go do a little uh what's your what's your favorite film oh god this has got to be quick fire has it just like yeah. off the top of my head okay fine uh saving private ryan good choice yep awesome choice i've got like a thousand favorite films but anyway this is quick <laughs> uh, fa favorite movie quote oh god oh god it's, it's okay if you can't answer it. i can't think of one <laughs> i i watch so many films and i literally can't think of one yeah so it's, it's terrible no worries. I'll think no worries. um star trek or star wars star wars mm. <laughs> Uh, first film you remember seeing as a kid it was um, Bambi in the cinema, and then we broke down in the car park for four hours afterwards. <laughs> oh my god, that's like that's like like trauma followed by further trauma. <laughs> yeah, all my mum had was like these tree bore extra strong mints, and she was like, "You can eat these if you want." And I was like, four years old or something. And I was like, "Oh, they're so spicy." <laughs> If you strap enough of them together, you could you could actually say you broke down. Was it was it? Did the tire go in the car? Or I have what? no idea. I think it was probably okay. something to do with the engine. But yeah, I've got no idea. It just uh, it just. I was, I was going to say if you if, you, if you'd have had if you'd have had four tree bore um, mints left in the pack, you could have made wheels out of those, and you could have driven off with the the, the tree bores on the wheels. That's, en that's enterprising. <laughs> um, what's your favourite uh, genre of films? Do you know, I absolutely love war films, but I also really, really enjoy uh, like a true sports story. Like if it's if it's okay. actually happened in real life and it's a sports film, you can you can just tell it's going to be really motivational and it's going to be uplifting, and you're going to just love the happy ending. So yeah, I, I like that. Have you seen um, Borg versus McEnroe? Is really good if you haven't seen that. And um, I have not. And the Eddie the Eagle one as well is. Yeah, I love that. I bloody love really that. Good. 
actually yeah. no, the guy in it the guy in it is also the guy from like kingsman and secret service That's, and like yeah, yeah. he's unrecognizable in in eddie the eagle he acts it so well but yeah yeah he's, he's, he's good. a very good actor um uh, favorite actor or actress probably tom hanks i love him i just i wish he was my grandpa he's just awesome He's he's very versatile. Is, is Mr. Hanks? Yeah, he's, uh, he's probably not old enough to be my grandpa. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he seems like a pretty cool human being as well. From judgment, I I know a few people that have worked with him and uh, and they said that he's a uh, he's a pretty cool guy. So yeah, he seems down uh, to earth, but he's also just an exceptional actor as well. So yeah, I, I love him. Which I which I guess is why he's he's had the career he's had because you you know if you're a dick most of the time you don't last very long <laughs> in places. Russell Crowe is apparently a bit of a dick, but he still gets he still gets the roles. Yeah, he? <laughs> yeah. He's, I, I haven't seen too many Russell Crowe's films recently, so maybe uh, maybe, maybe that's maybe, it. Yeah, maybe that's it. Um, <laughs> best, uh, best Gary Oldman film, if you have one. Can I have like a whole series? Yeah, go for like, it. I, I, I would say I'm kind of torn between the, the Batman and the Harry Potter. Um, I think he's excellent in both, but I'll go Harry Potter just because it's just awesome. Yeah, as um, uh, serious, serious, serious black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. awesome. He's really good, but it's so sad when he dies. Oh, in case people haven't seen it. Oh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you haven't seen Harry Potter by now or read the books, <laughs> yeah. like, you're never going to, are you? So. There's something seriously wrong if you haven't seen Harry Potter. Or even but if, Harry if you were planning on, and I spoiled you, then I do apologise because there's nothing worse than a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favourite director? I, you know, I really don't have a favourite director because I think I just like the odd film here and there. So there's no one that really stands out. I think if I had to say there was one director that I liked more than others, it would possibly be Quentin Tarantino. Um, yeah. I haven't seen a film by him that I haven't liked, but equally, you know, there are other films I prefer more than his. So, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino. I think I think it's um, I definitely think it's a. Uh, uh, a, a sort of age thing um everyone mm -hmm. that's kind of a similar age to us seems to because I, I think he was so such an iconic director um so, sort of during the 90s when we were younger we probably absorbed a lot of films during that period and, and he knocked out cranked out an awful lot of films so probably, he yeah. hasn't actually directed that many like i kind of i sort of sit there and no. think he must have done loads but actually he's done something like 10 or 11 films it's not loads yeah. um yeah, not they are all really good so worth watching but then equally i you know there are other films out there that were directed by other people that i vastly prefer so I don't, <laughs> i'm afraid i'm rubbish at that question so sorry <laughs> I think he um he cranked out. Although he's not made a lot, he made a lot in a short space of time. I think, which is yeah, is probably why it seems yeah. so prolific. But um, and like you said, really iconic films. So. Yeah, uh, most hated film of all time. Groundhog Day. Oh, I know, I, I, I know. It's really oh. controversial. I I am literally the only person I've ever met who hates it. But God, I can't stand it. It is so dull. <laughs> It's just the same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the point. I, I think it's um, I think it's uh, Bill, Bill Murray does carry it, but um, it's a very uh, it's actually a very um, as a kind of strong kind of Buddhist concept to it. Groundhog Day. Okay, maybe I just and missed I think, that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think um, I think um, uh, Bill Murray is. I don't know if he is Buddhist or. or um but but there's yeah there's strong elements of that in there it's like you know he's he, he gets to the point where he's kind of he discovers that because he can live relive the the same day over and over again he thinks that he's a god um and he starts to just do anything that you know 
a human would he starts to overeat and, and have as much sex as possible and just do ridiculous things and then he realizes that there's an emptiness to that and he actually kind of finds himself and and starts to help people um, and that's when he escapes from it so it's a, do you know it's a Nick, i haven't actually re-watched it as an adult so maybe that's where i'm going wrong because you know when you describe it like that i'm like well maybe there's some value it's there <laughs> beautiful beautiful film beautiful okay film. i'll tell you favorites. what at some point this year i will sit down and i will watch the whole film and i will then report back whether i still hate it as much as i feel like i do right now yeah might, might, <laughs> might, might, might be worth a rewatch. i think definitely yeah I'm, I'm open i'm open to being told i'm wrong so you know if everyone in the whole wide world thinks i am wrong maybe that's maybe <laughs> thanks ever so much it was a pleasure having you on um and yeah tune in at uh, same time again next week for uh, another show so see you later thanks, guys, guys. Have thanks, a- for watching. thanks for having me nick have pleasure have a fantastic weekend guys see you later bye